We're on the road with Mickey, we're gonna have some fun. Regardless of the rain or sun, our trip has just begun. So buckle up, let's go, we're about to start the show. And maybe if you like us, you'll see where else we'll go. Hi everyone, I'm Sophie, he's Mike. Welcome to our little corner of the podcasting universe. Hopefully you like the sound of our voices and you want to stick around for the show. Not that it stays in one place for long. I mean, after all, we are on the road with Mickey. So hop in the car and buckle up your skate belts because we've got an awesome adventure this week. Now a brief rundown before we get moving. First up, our roundtable talk where we'll discuss the main topic for this week, followed by some Disney trivia ranging from Disney history to a random Disney character of the day. Well, that's just about it. Everybody ready? Let's get this show on the road. Hey, everyone. I'm Mike, and she's Sophie. Hi. And we're on the road with Mickey. This is episode number 33 for August 17, 2020. And our feature topic today is Touring Epcot's World Showcase. This is part one of a two-part series. We um, wanted you... If it's been a while since you've been to Epcot, and specifically World Showcase, we wanted you to be able to close your eyes and listen in with us and feel as if you are touring World Showcase with us. Mm -hmm. Um, We plan on starting on the Mexico side. I know there's a great debate about whether you start on Mexico or you start on Canada. Well, we're starting on Mexico, right? So. Yep, although we did start on Canada the last time we were here, there. We're everywhere. (laughs) But anyway, that is our plan, is to start on Mexico, and we're going to wander around um, clockwise in this instance. So we will um, see you. um, We'll see how far we get, I guess is what I'm trying to say there. Um, Yeah. So anyway, but before we get into the feature topic, sorry for that pregnant pause there. Um, Good. We've got some cheddar from the big cheese, don't we, Sophie? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll start us off and we'll just kind of come back and forth on these. Um, A couple weeks back, we talked about the magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom and how that was going to be on Disney+. Plus. And it was produced by National Geographic. So it's in the Net Geo section of Disney Plus, I think. Um, well, it is going to premiere on September 25th. So mark your calendars if that's something you're interested in. Because I think it'll be a neat, um, almost like a documentary behind the scenes of how how they take care of the animals at Animal Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And... Next up, what we have is some COVID-19 news. I know that nobody really wants to hear about it right now, but this is good news. No Mm -hmm. coronavirus outbreaks have been linked to Walt Disney World or to Universal Studios Orlando. So we are doing a good job on that front. And at this rate, we are on a clear path to keeping these two open so that we can all go back to our happy place. Exactly. And that, that news was reported from um, Orange County. 
the Orange mm-hmm. County medical officer um, reported that. So is is official government news. It's not like something we saw on the tabloid somewhere. Um, and then, um, but that is good news. So mm-hmm. we like to hear good news, and that's one of the one of the best news we've heard in a while. So. And yeah. then over at the Grand Floridian, I know a lot of people probably already knew that they um, that they're working on a walkway like they have from Contemporary to the Magic Kingdom. They're working on a walkway from the Grand Floridian to the Magic Kingdom, and that's I think that's a little bit of a further trek, if you ask me. So it'll be interesting to see how much that gets used, but um, but the construction it continues on that walkway. And from what I understand, they actually, the bridge they put in, Sophie, is a retractable bridge. Mm. So, so what happens is um, one of those canals over there is where the ships and floats for the, um, for the water parade, the electric water parade, um, that's where they pass through on their, on their parade route. And wow. so the so the boat or I mean the bridge is retractable for when those ships need to pass through, which I think is really cool. But I agree. um but you know what? This is a great opportunity if you are staying at the Grand Floridian when this gets open, which it's not open yet. If you're staying at the Grand Floridian and it's the end of the day and parks are back to normal and there's a million people leaving and the monorail is just slammed with people waiting to get on and the boats are slammed and you don't want to wait in line. This will give you an opportunity to just kind of meander over to your room, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so I think it'll be interesting to see how it gets utilized, but, um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what it looks like when it's done. Yeah. Me too. Who knows? Maybe we can go walk on it ourselves, even though we're probably not going to be staying at the Grand Floridian. Yeah, absolutely. We could use we could use that. So, so it'd be worth. Now they seeing just what need to like. make another route from. Now they just need to make another transportation route from Magic Kingdom to Fort Wilderness. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit too far, though. <laughs> well, yeah. But, yeah. And then we have one last piece of cheddar from the Big Cheese, and it's from over across the country, isn't it, So, mm-hmm. You want to yes, tell us is. about it? It's a yummy cheddar from the Big Cheese. Yes. Over at Disneyland's Downtown Disney, Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen has officially opened and is serving up beignets. And if you know me and Daddy... You know that we absolutely love beignets. They are absolutely the most amazing square donuts ever. Mm-hmm. And we're fortunate, aren't we, Sophie? Because we have our local source, Mr. A's beignets, down in Apex. Mm-hmm. And that's but I don't oh, know when we. They're so good. The thing is that I don't know the last time we've went to see them, though. It was during pandemic. We saw him. Um, when we went to Southern Pines, so oh, yeah. maybe a couple months ago. Okay. But but anyway, if yeah. you're in the LA area, Anaheim, somewhere like that, and you want some beignets, then head on down to Downtown Disney. Go check out Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen and get you some fluffy beignets. 
Mm-hmm. I wonder though, and I don't know. This is a question for Aunt Sheila. Do you think they make gluten-free beignets? Hmm. I am not sure. I'm not sure either. So that's a question for her. But yeah. um, but they make the regular beignets, gluten beignets. So hopefully mm-hmm. they make gluten-free for Jagan. Yeah. Anyway, that's our cheddar from the big cheese. And so, like I said, we are going to take a tour of Epcot's World Showcase. And the idea is to start at the beginning, head around to Mexico, and just keep wandering around and describing what we're seeing on each of the, each of the country pavilions. And, um, and let's just see how far we get. I think we're going to get probably to Italy, is my guess. Yeah. We have six down, and that's what we're planning. We're planning on going six today and the other six to next week. And next week. Yep. because there are 12 pavilions, so it makes sense. Officially 11 pavilions, but we included the outposts also. As, oh, so that's like oh. a, an, informal, an informal pavilion, I guess, right? Yeah. So... So, but that makes the American Adventure Pavilion the start for next week. So mm-hmm. that'll be a good good one to start with. All yeah. right. So, Sophie, do you want to tackle Mexico or do you want me to tackle it? I would love to tackle Mexico or maybe we can tackle them all together. Feel free to interrupt me if you have anything. Okay. Well, Mexico, this along with Canada are the two most frequented pavilions in Epcot just because they're the ones closest to the entrance. Yeah. And Mexico is actually one of my favorites. That's why my dad and I, we always go count, you know, clockwise around the pavilion instead of counter. And Mm -hmm. there are so many things you can do there. For example, it's one of the few pavilions that actually has a ride or attraction inside of it. A lot of these pavilions, you would think that they have a lot of rides, but they really don't. But Mexico is an exception to that. And it features the Grand Fiesta Tour starring the Three Caballeros. And those are my favorite birds ever. I love them so much. Panchito, Jose... And Donald Duck, of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. Donald is mentioned and... last, but he is by no means least. Right? Oh, no. No, 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 no. He has the biggest hat. He is definitely... Yes. <laughs> so, the in case you haven't ridden the ride, I suggest you do because you're missing out. It's so fun and cute and musical, and we all love it. Mm-hmm. And... Basically, it follows Panchito and Jose following Donald all around Mexico, and that's why it's the Grand Fiesta Tour, because they go everywhere. And 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 it features good music, and mm -hmm. there are even animatronic bits in it, although it's mainly just show clippings. Well, not clippings. Yeah, and so just like we're taking a tour of World Showcase... When you ride the Grand Fiesta tour starring the Three Caballeros, it's like you're taking your own tour of the country of Mexico because you're mm-hmm. going around to different places 
And it is cute, like Sophie said, because Donald has gotten lost somewhere. And it's up to Jose and Panchito to find him. Mm-hmm. And get him ready. Because they need to perform, don't they, Seth? They do. And that is yeah. where the ride ends. You get to see them up on a stage singing their song. And it is great. And there are actually a couple hidden Mickeys in the ride, too. So keep your eye out for that. And, of course, there are other attractions, not just that ride. Because the Mexico Pavilion is very, very large. At least on the inside it is. It features Mexico folk art. There's, of course, this place called the Kid Cot, which is how you get kids involved in the entire experience. Because Epcot is really a park for the adults. Not in a way that it's inappropriate for kids, but that adults will probably get the most experience out of it. And so you have to make sure that your kids have fun while you're there, too. Otherwise, they're not going to want to come back. And that's what the Kid Cot is for. So there are fun stops all around World Showcase, and they help get the kids involved in the culture that the pavilion is celebrating. And then, of course, they also have the theming of the pavilion, and it is meant to be a Mexican open-air market at night, no matter what time of the day it is. It could be bright outside, but it's always night inside the Mexico pavilion. Yeah, it's a very, if you are going there with your spouse or with your girlfriend or boyfriend, it's a very romantic setting because it's, it's, you know, mood lighting and it's just, mm-hmm. it's just a really cool atmosphere. It's like, it's like you just wandered in and off the street somewhere and you're in the middle of the Mexico market. And like, like Sophie said, and it's very much an open air feel to it. So you mm-hmm. got this really cool fountain that that's in the middle of it. And you've got these little uh, street vendors with their carts set up and yep. things for sale and they've got other sh- other shops and then there's restaurants and, mm-hmm. and so forth so speaking of the restaurants yeah there are actually very many that are inside the mexico pavilion and there are a few outside as well but mm-hmm. there are many different restaurants that you can enjoy there and we have the San Angel, San Angel Inn, La Hacienda mm-hmm. de San Angel, mm-hmm. and those are the table service restaurants. And then we have yeah. a counter service restaurant, La Cantina de San Angel. You see, they they like angels a lot. <laughs> and then there is actually a lounge called La Cava de El Tequila which I am not allowed to go into, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, so on the inside of the Mexico Pavilion, which, by the way, we didn't even discuss this, but it's shaped like one of the Aztec pyramids, isn't it, So It is, or at least it's shaped to resemble one. I think that most of yeah. them are not as steep as that one is, but that's okay because the pavilion is shaped in a way that discourages you from climbing it. Oh, yeah, definitely. But inside is where you'll find the San Angel Inn and mm-hmm. the La Cava del Tequila. Um, and outside of the pavilion building is where you'll find 
La Hacienda de Se Angel and the um, La Cantina de Se Angel. And so um, counter service is really easy to get there. And, um, and um, it used to be that you could, when you went to La Hacienda um, for your table service reservation, you could request a seat by the windows and watch the fireworks. And of course, they're not doing the fireworks right now, but when they bring them back, that might be a really interesting thing. And one of the neat things about Mexico, and Sophie, I'm not sure if you knew this or not, but at the top of the, of the pyramid yeah. is a control room, and that is where they did the lasers and the, the laser lights and so forth for the old um, reflections oh. of Earth, the um, fireworks. I so, did not know for that. illuminations. So that is where they did the control for all that. I am not I surprised, really cool. but I, I still did really not cool. know that. That yeah. is really cool. And that's another reason yeah. why they don't want you climbing it. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Seriously, they have a sign saying no climbing, so you know it's been a problem in the past. Yeah. But um but yeah, it's it's got a lot of buzz going around it, you know, for, mm-hmm. for the Mexico Pavilion. There's a lot to do. You got the ride. And when we were there in July, um, we actually were in line for the ride and had to wait because they stopped it to take care of the, the cleaning procedures with the new um, the new safety parameters they put in place. So um, well, other I mean, than that, though, it's usually me. not a... It's usually not a long line for the yeah. ride. So. Thankfully, we were actually just about to get in the line, and then they told us, so we could easily just go and sit at the fountain, which is a very great spot to cool down. Yeah. And, um, and that brings up another good point about the pavilion, is if it is scorching hot outside, go inside of the pavilion because it's nice and air-conditioned. Uh-huh. <laughs> And it's also a great way to get out of the rain. That too, yeah. Because we went when we left, it was raining, right? Yep, it was pouring rain. Yeah. So anyway, those are interesting little tidbits. One interesting thing, though, that I find curious is that at the Mexico Pavilion, there are no restrooms. So if you want to, if you need the restroom, don't look at Mexico. You want to go up to Norway or you want to go back down towards Future World and go to the place that's over closer to Test Track. But, um, yeah. but I just thought that was really interesting that there's no restrooms in the Mexico Pavilion. So. Yeah, that is the one flaw to the pavilion. Yeah. But anyway, enough about Mexico. We are now, we have finished, we've ridden the Grand Fiesta Tour. We bought some trinkets at the shops. Um, we had a shot of tequila, or maybe you we did. Didn't. You did. I didn't. I didn't. I'm not drinking that stuff. That'll burn my throat. <laughs> um, how about this? We had um, a smoothie from the San Angel Inn. <laughs> and that now, works. And then we went to La Cantina, and we had churros. 
That also works. They okay. do have churros at La Cantina mm-hmm. de San Angel. So that's a good, that's another good thing to remember for and the just in case, And just in case everyone's wondering, no, time is not passing at the same way it usually does when you're in Epcot. This, we have infinite time. We're just choosing to do only six. Yeah. Um, and now we continue around on World Showcase on the um, clockwise direction. And the mm-hmm. next country that we are going to come to is Norway. Norway. And Norway is one of the more popular. You got Mexico and you got Norway. And I would say that they are both very popular because they both have attractions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for Norway, the attraction used to be Maelstrom. And now yeah. it was rethemed and it is Frozen Ever After, which um, in the world of fast passes, that was one of the top tier fast passes. You could pick it or you could pick Sorn or you could pick Test Track as one of your top fast passes. And, um, and you know, that was, that was all you, you had for that. You could only pick one of those because all three of those are very popular. Mm-hmm. But now, without doing fast passes, um, it's a standby line only. But, um, but it is a popular ride. And it's themed, um, like we said, after Frozen. It's Frozen Ever After. And it makes sense that they put it in Norway because of the, the um, setting for the movie. It takes place in that sort of region. You know, Arendelle is mm-hmm. close to Norway, I think. So I think it's in Norway. Okay. And so, um, in addition to Frozen Ever After, though, you have shopping. So, um, you've got a couple um, locations there's the Fjording, and you've got the Wandering Reindeer. Mm-hmm. And um, those, I think, are kind of fun. Um, one of those is the place that sells perfume, and it's the perfume that your Aunt Nancy likes, Sophie. Do you remember? Yeah, I do remember. I don't remember the name of it, but it can be found in Norway. Uh, oh, it's called Layla. I do remember now. I think it's called ah. Layla. And, mm-hmm. um, and you can find that in the fjording, I think, um, is where they would carry that. And then the Wandering Reindeer is... Um, is near the left side of the um, pavilion and then um some other things that are that are worth noting is this is another kidcot fun stop location just like in mexico and in norway and what they're trying to do i didn't mention it before but what they're trying to do like sophie said they're trying to involve the the younger kids they want them to not be bored um there's a lot for kids to do and in Epcot, but for whatever reason, um, they tend not to do as much in Epcot. So they introduced the Kidcot Fun Stops as a way to draw their attention and their excitement level. So they can draw, they can color, they can get a passport and get their get their country stamped as if they're traveling around the world. You mm-hmm. know, so it's kind of a cool little thing. And um, and then the other thing that's really neat about Norway is that they have a replica of a stave church and so the stave church is really cool to go look at because it's got um it's got what so if you viking 
Um, it's got Norse gods and goddesses in it. Yeah. And I actually wanted to go inside and see them again. But unfortunately, it was closed this time around just because of coronavirus. And they didn't want everyone to be inside that little building because it's actually very small on the inside. And it is a small space. You're absolutely right. So so keeping that for social distancing would be really hard to do. So they just had to close it off. But um, but that's okay. It'll be reopened again sometime. And then we can mm-hmm. see it again. And then um, over um, in Norway also, you've got the Akershus Royal Banquet Hall, which is the table service restaurant. And um, it's also known sometimes by its more familiar name, which is the Princess Storybook Dining. And so they um, are not serving right now, but they had served before. And with it was, so they would serve breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And obviously breakfast would be breakfast food. Lunch and dinner was the same menu. But, um, but you would meet one of the princesses, and it was usually Belle was who you met and then um you got your picture with her and then after that um the other princesses would come to your table um while you're eating and so it was a big time character dining location and um it was as big as far as princess activity as you would find even at cinderella's royal table over at the magic kingdom Mm -hmm. but the difference was that this was one credit on the dining plan and Cinderella's Royal Table was two. So a lot of people went for this because it was easier to get a reservation and it didn't cost as many credits. Yeah. So that was important too. And then the last place is a counter server restaurant, which is more about snacks than it is like, you know, getting like a meal in. But it's called yeah. the Kringla Bakery Cafe. And mm-hmm. I can't pronounce it all the way that I have it written. But um, but it's like a cafe. And, it, and they, I think they have more on the way of snacks and things like that. Yeah. I think I uh, remember seeing like a cupcake or something that was thro- frozen themed in there. Yeah, you would. Um, because it's like a, it's a bakery and mm-hmm. it's a cafe. And another thing that they have is... Um, What's it called? Is it called friendship bread? Something like that. Hmm, I do not know. Um, I can't remember. It wasn't something that I'm big on. So, Mm. um, let's see here. It is called... Well, I can't figure it out, but anyway. Um... But yeah, it's a bakery and it's not open right now, but it will be um, hopefully that's called school bread, not friendship bread, school bread. Uh-huh. Um, and it's a sweet roll filled with custard and dipped in coconut. And so mm. that was like one of the biggest sellers was the school bread. Um, so anyway. Okay. But Norway. So Norway didn't have as much to do as you'd have in Mexico. But it's got a heavy hitter when it comes to the attraction with Frozen Ever After. So if you're going there for the attraction, expect it to be a little bit more busy because of that. So Yeah. And so 
after we leave Norway, um, we continue around and we actually come up to which country, Sophie? China, which yeah. is one of the most visually stunning pavilions I have ever seen. Yeah. I love China. Tell me why. Well, for me, I have... When I took my World Civilizations class my first year at Wake Tech, because I went to Wake Tech for a year or two, I, when we started talking about China, I was enthralled with the architecture. I'm always enthralled with the architecture of ancient civilizations. And China is everything you would expect it to be. It has the architecture of the Forbidden City and it's just amazing to see. And as well, they have all these different things that make the atmosphere. It feels like you're really in the time period that it portrays. It has traditional Chinese dancing. It, and inside of the main building of the pavilion, which will take you to the Reflections of China attraction, which is a Circle Vision 360 movie. Yeah, they so have this special architectural design where if you stand in the middle of it, it creates an echo cha chamber. And it's really amazing to hear yourself talk. I don't think anyone <laughs> realizes how cool it is. Yeah, I don't even know that I knew that that existed. I wanted to touch a little bit about the circle vision. Can I interrupt for a moment? Of course you can. Okay. So if if any of our listeners haven't seen the movie in China, they may not know what circle vision 360 means. And what it is, when they filmed the this movie, which is all about the country China, and it talks about the different regions and so forth, but the, the camera they used, or the apparatus they used to, to do their filming, actually had a camera uh, that it had several cameras positioned so that they were recording all at the same time. And you were able to see, no matter where you looked, you could see a different section that you wanted to look at. Um, so if you were looking forward, Whichever way the airplane or helicopter was flying, you would see forward. But if you wanted to see where you'd been, you turn around and you look and you see where you were behind or over in the angle to the right or to the left or however, because it was a it was a round room and it was a 360 degree view of all of that. So you could see all of the different perspectives. And to me, that was always really neat to be able to see that. Mm -hmm. So, so it's totally, a, it's very much a different movie experience than what you're used to when you're seeing a movie. Yeah. So. And I just love it. It's very similar to the Canada Pavilion's attraction. And that is fine because both of them are visually amazing to watch. Mm -hmm. And as well, their waiting rooms they have so much beauty, especially yeah. China, though. And if anything, China also has more things to do than just 
the movie, although the movie is stunning, they yeah. actually have different shopping things, shopping opportunities, and these include the House of Good Fortune and Good Fortune Gifts, and mm -hmm. you can buy things there. I've actually been inside them, and they are so pretty. Oh my gosh, I... You were going to hear me gushing about how pretty these pavilions are the entire time we're talking here. <laughs> yeah, and so House of Good Fortune is inside the main part of the mm -hmm. pavilion because there's a sign right as you get to China that's a great, by the way, it's a great spot for a picture. And, um, and so it's almost like an archway that welcomes you into China. And then, um, so the House of Good Fortune is inside the archway, so it's 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 still an open air sort of thing, but um, mm -hmm. but it's to the left, and so um, the Good Fortune Gifts is more like a almost like a little um, street market type of a setup, you know, where you can, you know, small little building, um, not much opportunity to walk into it, but you can still see some of the the smaller gifts that you might want to get as a souvenir or things like that. Whereas mm -hmm. House of Good Fortune would be higher end and bigger, bigger presents that you were looking at. I actually have a parasol that I got from Good Fortune Gifts and it has my name exactly. written on it in uh -huh. Chinese, of course. Yeah. And of I course. Think that... and yeah, that's exactly where you got that. <laughs> I think the vendor who sold it to me said that my name was particularly hard to translate for some reason. So who knows? Maybe it's not my name, but something close. Well, yeah, but we'll go with it and say it is your name. <laughs> yeah, who knows? So, so you mentioned course... you mentioned the um, the echo chamber. Is that in the house of the whispering willows? No, that is in the building that takes you to refre reflections of China. So you know that big circular tower building, mm -hmm. the pagoda-like one, but pagodas are Japanese, I think. That one, if you stand in the exact center of it, and you'll know where the center is because it has a mosaic floor inside, and you can see where the center of the floor is. If you stand right in the center of it, then it will be like an echo chamber almost, and you can hear okay. your voice ringing off of the roof of the building, off of the ceiling and whatnot. And then when you go further inside, that is the waiting room for the reflections of China, and it can actually take you to the house of the Whispering Willows, but it is not actually part of the building. Oh, okay. Okay. And for those of you who are unsure of what we're talking about with the House of the Whispering Willows, that is actually an homage to Shanghai Disneyland, and it has murals of its construction and what it was planned out to be. Okay. And if anyone has seen a certain... I'm trying to remember what the name is, but there is a certain show on Disney Plus, and it's all about the construction of different Disney projects from California Adventure, and it highlights on Shanghai Disneyland. And in the show, it says what Shanghai Disneyland was meant to be. It is meant to be a celebration of Chinese culture 
mixed with the magic of Disney, and it is by far the most culturally diverse of the Disney parks, I believe. That's what I got from it, and it's very beautiful, too. Yeah. Okay. So, now that we've seen the movie and we've done some shopping, what what do we have for dining there, Sophie? For dining, we have a table service restaurant and a counter service restaurant, and I have actually been to neither of these. I know. We haven't been. Yeah, I tried to, I think I remember, like, suggesting it one time for one of our next trips, but we ended up going for the Japan Pavilion. Not that I'm complaining, Japan is amazing. And the table service restaurant is the Nine Dragons restaurant, and nine is a very important number in China, so are dragons, so that one makes a lot of sense to me. And the counter service restaurant is a quaint little name called the Lotus Blossom Cafe. I actually haven't seen that one, I don't think. Well, maybe I have, but I wouldn't recognize it. The Nine Dragons, I can definitely recognize because it's right at the entrance to the pavilion. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, Lotus Blossom is right next door because they would share the same kitchen. So oh. if you if you wanted to get, it's almost, think of it like the Akineti. Um, the Akineti at Animal Kingdom has the quick service place and they also have the table service restaurant that you could make a reservation for so Mm -hmm. um it's a similar concept here where you have the nine dragons for your table service your sit down meal and then you have the lotus blossom if you wanted to grab a quick bite just to have while you keep walking so Mm -hmm. okay so that is china And I hope that everyone is enjoying this as much as we are, because for Sophie and I, as we talk about these, it just brings us right back there, doesn't it, Sophie? It does. It really does. You know, because it's it's really, it's a beautiful day there. I mean, it's not too hot. It's not too cold. It's a perfectly sunny day. It's not raining on us, you know, Mm -hmm. and you know what? The crowds are light, too. So, so we've just got the whole park to ourselves, practically. We do. <laughs> it's amazing to watch. I love it. Yeah. So we have finished with China and we are continuing and we actually are coming to a little almost like a hole in the wall. It's not a true pavilion. It's um doesn't have enough to make it a pavilion, but it is an outpost and it's I always thought of it as the African outpost, but I don't think it's truly a, I don't think it says anything about it being an African outpost. I just think it's it's just called the outpost. And so the outpost is actually where we got our spike the bees, isn't it, Sophie? Yes, so it is. They have um, a counter service. It's not a restaurant necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's more like a um a beverage place and it's called the refreshment outpost um you know creative name and um and that's where you could buy your spike the bee um sipper and it comes with either a frozen coca-cola drink or a frozen lemonade concoction 
Um, mm-hmm. And so it's almost like an icy or a slurpee or something like that. Um, and then in addition to the um, the place to get your drink, and it's it's a great place to if you need it to get something to drink because it's you know it's actually a fairly good clip to go um, from the beginning of World Showcase around to where we are. Um, yeah. So it's a good place to get us to get a, a small snack. Um, they also have um, a place you can do some shopping, the Village Traders. And if I remember correctly, they also have um, a place where you can bang on the drums. And, you know, so if you have if you have kids that are um, you're starting to wonder, oh, my gosh, are they going to are they having fun or anything like that? This is a great spot for them to just get some of that energy out and and bang on some drums. Right, Sophie? Yes, and there's also a chance for face paint. I remember seeing a little stand there, and I can remember when it was open. I would walk around World Showcase, and I would see all these little kids with tigers or cheetahs or lions painted on their face, and it was just the cutest thing to see. And when I got to the outpost, I saw where it was all happening, and I was like, Ah, so that's where they got it. Yeah. And, um, you know, also, there, you know, we haven't talked about it because it's a little bit of a different thing. But during the um, Flower and Garden Festival, um, this would be one place where you could see some of the topiaries. And so um, in this particular spot, it was Simba and his friends that were that were set up there um you know it's it's listed in the show notes as other attractions but it's really um more about the topiaries um for the flower and garden festival and and that's one thing we haven't even touched on yet is when you are at epcot in the spring the epcot international flower and garden festival is going on and there are thousands upon thousands of really cool flowers and topiary set up and things like that for you to to just take in the beauty mm-hmm. that is the world showcase because the world showcase is like sophie said it doesn't have a lot of attractions but it has a ton to of see energy. and do yeah and it's got a lot to go with it beyond just attractions mm-hmm. and the and those festivals that they have are just really amazing and right now with the with the differences because of COVID and the reopening, they've kind of merged um, some of the flower and garden topiaries and the food and wine festival. And it's called, they've got a, a, this new kind of one-off festival called the Taste of Epcot. And so mm-hmm. you can see some of that cool stuff and you can try some unique dishes that you wouldn't you know, normally try. Um, and, you know, so they'll have kiosks set up at different places for you to to try different things so it's not just um the food of the countries that you're seeing that are always there you get some food from other places that you wouldn't always see so so that's kind of cool as well but uh, but you know the outpost is um just kind of like a little small little area so it's not a whole lot to go with it but um but it does have some neat things that you want to keep in mind there you know and um and it it's worth 
taking a look at, even if it's just a cursory glance, but it's still kind of cool to see. So, so mm -hmm. as we round past the outpost, we start curving, um, and we're all, all this, the World Showcase, by the way, is located around the uh, World Showcase Lagoon, which is a water uh, feature in the middle of World Showcase, obviously. And so we're starting to hit that top left corner, and we're starting to make our way to the right, to the, it's not really east, but to the right, it feels like you're going east um, as we continue around. And the country that we are coming up on is Germany, and this is Zach's favorite. He has told me many a time. <laughs> okay, so what is what is Zach like about Germany? Has he told you why? He likes the beer garden. Okay, <laughs> that's about it. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. So, anyway. Zach likes There's, Beer Garden, which we've been to. Yes, we have. And we are not getting into that story, Daddy. <laughs> well, okay. We won't get into that story. But we will tell. We're going to skip ahead just a little bit and say that the Beer Garden restaurant is the table service restaurant. And mm -hmm. in the days before COVID, it was a buffet. And it had all sorts of German food. And they also, of course, have German alcohol beers and so forth that you can you can get there. Um, but they also have a um, set of performers, don't they? Yes, they do. And, and it's they, actually they, really great to see. It's really cool. Yeah, and it's almost like you are seated in this open auditorium type dining hall almost like an Oktoberfest and um and you get to watch their performance while you're eating your dinner you know so now in the days of post-covid you know with the reopening it's no longer a buffet it serves as a family style like over at um garden grill or liberty tree or something like that so you don't have a buffet where everyone goes up to they bring the food to you but mm -hmm. it's still you know, going to be the same good German food as you had before. Um, and then I don't know if the performance is going on right now or not. Mm. But but the food would still be good. So so that's that's we're skipped away from a little bit of our normal routine on that. But let's talk a bit more about the pavilion. Do you want to go over some of the shops they have there, Soph? Sure, I would love to try and pronounce all of these. Okay. <laughs> and you and I are both going to butcher them, I think. <laughs> oh no, I think I can I think I can pull it off rather well. We have the Caramel Coche. Die nacht it. No, that one no. And no. Die Weihnachtskirche. I think. I don't know. The Steinhaus Wink Wine Killer Kunstarbit in Crystal Der Teddy Bar Volkunst Der Kaufhaus and Glaskunst. Okay. 
you tried it. Now let me try it and let me see how bad I do. <laughs> so hopefully people are laughing at us now. <laughs> so for shopping, we got the caramel kush, um, which is, um, I'm going to add a little bit more to these. And this is a caramel place. So you can get caramel popcorn and other caramel treats. And it's, um, I think Werther's caramel is what they use in their concoctions. So mm. definitely a place we need to check out. And then you've got the Winox Eck, which is a shopping venue. And then you've got uh, Steinhaus or Steinhaus. Mm -hmm. Steinhaus. Got, that one I know. And you've got, you've got Wine Keller which is a wine shop and then you've got Kunsterbite in Crystal and then you've got Der Teddy Bar and then you got Vols Volkskunst and you've got Das Kaufhaus and Glaskunst and mm. I'm not sure how well I pronounced any of those so if you're German and you're listening and I butchered your language, please forgive me. <laughs> but um, in addition to the shopping, you also have some other attractions. And um, mainly the, there's a Germany stop in your Kitkat Fun stop. Um, so there's a Germany location. You can get your stamp there. Not every country has a Kitkat, um, at least not that it showed on the on the. Um, the main Epcot World Showcase map that I was looking at. So um, that might be an incorrect thing, but um, but that's that's the way I understand it. And then um, lastly, there is a counter service restaurant also, right, Soph? Mm -hmm. Yes, there and is. It's, it's called Summerfest. So... Mm -hmm. um, and it's a place I believe you can get a really good pretzel there. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and then as a side note, the, um, you know, in World Showcase, one of the things you can do is you can leave from the entrance at World Showcase and you can take one of the friendship boats that takes you um, to other countries. And they have a friendship boat that launches and docks here in Germany. So if you wanted to catch the friendship boat, you could catch it from here and um, and it would take you to another part of World Showcase without you having to walk because it is a fairly long walk. I think it's about a mile and a half or two miles completely all the way around. So it's, it might be fun to just see a different perspective of it as well. So, but... Mm -hmm. um. As you can tell, you know, actually from from what we've we've seen so far in our journey today, Germany actually seems to have the most shopping of any of them. Oh, and one other thing that Germany mm -hmm. has that we didn't touch on what? is do you remember the um the model train locomotive setup? Oh, for some reason I thought that was completely independent of all of the pavilions for some reason but i guess you're right well it might be i always thought of it as being part of germany because it's right 
beyond Germany. And so maybe it is independent, but there is a train layout set up. And it's really cool because they have several different tracks and the trains just run constantly. And you can watch it, mm-hmm. you can take photos of it, you can have your kids look at it and they just love it. Um, and one of the neat things about it is at different times of the year, the Imagineers come in and they change the look of the train layouts to um, depict the different events that are going on, whether it's the the flower and garden or the food and wine or whatever. So um, so the track stays the same, but the some of the objects they use can change. So yeah. it's really a cool little fun little thing just to take in and kind of relax and just look at for a while at least for me anyway mm-hmm. so and I like I said I always think of it as part of Germany because it's just past Germany but you're right Sophie it might be an independent thing it might not be affiliated with any country who knows well so. I believe that brings us to our last pavilion for this episode and that yeah. would be Italy It would be Italy. So why don't you take it away and talk about Italy, Sophie? I would love to. Italy is actually one of the pavilions at which I celebrated my birthday dinner. I don't remember what year it was, but I believe it was the... Oh. (laughs) Which year was it then? Well, you tell me what you were going to say. Finish your statement. It was the first year that Jagan came to Florida to celebrate my birthday with me. And I remember we were eating at the table service restaurant for Italy, Via Napoli Ristorante e Pizzeria. And my mom had a cake ordered for me. It was one of the few years that I get a proper birthday cake because I don't usually like cake actually so it's fine I promise my childhood was happy and Jagan Jagan I remember my mom telling me the story she saw the dejected look on Jagan's face and she was like oh no you can have a slice too I made sure it was gluten free and the look on Jagan's face it was amazing priceless yeah exactly Mm -hmm. That just cemented it. And Sophie, for the record, that was your 13th birthday, and it was the year 2014. And we also had Riley, and we had, Mm -hmm. of course, Aunt Sheila and Uncle Randy, and Mm -hmm. we had Aunt Leanne with us. And we all celebrated your birthday, and we had a really long table. And Aunt Leanne took a million pictures, because that's what (laughs) she does. Yep. (laughs) And it was awesome. It was so much fun. And I'm going to tell everybody, that restaurant is the best pizza I have found in Disney. And, you know, if you disagree, leave us a note in the comments and tell us what you have found to be better pizza than Via Napoli. Because I love their pizza. And um, and I could eat there right now, in fact. But, um, but maybe that's just because we're filming on a Thursday and it's almost lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> oh but, yeah, yeah, I just put, that I was, am getting a little a really bit hungry. It's a really cool atmosphere. It's a really cool atmosphere. They have um, they have really big pizza ovens and they have a great it's great 
just a great venue, great environment. And mm-hmm. there's more than just pizza there. You know, you can order dishes as well. So you don't have to just go there and looking for pizza. But for me, pizza is where it's at when you go to be in a poly. Um, mm-hmm. And so some other things are some of the shopping. There's, um, there's Il Bel Cristallo, right? Yep. And there's La Gemma Elegante. Mm-hmm. And then there's La P- Bottega Italiana. And those are some of the shopping. And, you know, just like everything, um, you know, we're just giving you names here. And there's a lot more you can see and learn about them online. So if you're interested in what they're what they're offering, um, you know, typically it's souvenirs and things like that. And some of the shops will have toys for the kids and some mm-hmm. will have um, other stuff. But, um, but just think about that. So uh, go online and look them up and um, see what they've got. And then um, there's also... Um, Gelati, which is a counter service or a like a cart um, sort of kiosk, and it's mm-hmm. probably I think they serve gelato there. And um, and then there's the Tuto Gusto wine cellar, and that is a wine cellar lounge where you can go in and you can try different wines and just relax and get off your feet and and then you know enjoy being with your family and your party whomever you're there with so so italy as far as the pavilion goes does not have any attractions um but it has a lot of other things and there's actually um not right now because of covid but there's actually street performers that also perform in italy and i'm hoping when everything is done with covid that the street performers will be back because that's a big part of Epcot is the, is the street atmosphere, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so that kind of wraps us up for our halfway tour. We're at the halfway spot of our tour around world showcase. We have finished at Italy and our next one next week, our first one is going to be the American adventure pavilion. So come back next week and we'll pick it up from there and go on through the rest of it and um and i think you're really gonna like um hearing about the american adventure pavilion so but anyway um thank you for joining us on our feature topic today and now it is time for this day in disney history Mm -hmm. and i have two things i've this the second one was a little last-minute decision, but I think it's cool because it relates to us, Daddy. Okay. And the first thing I have, in 1986. Oh, the year I graduated high school. Yeah. Wait, yeah, was, that, that one. It, it was that long ago? Oh, my gosh. I know, I'm old. Just a little. (laughs) August 17th, 1986. What happened, Sophie? Luxo Jr., the first film produced in 1986 by Pixar Animation Studios, following its establishment as an independent film studio, premieres in Dallas. 
a computer animated short film, just two and a half minutes, including credits. It is John Lasseter's second short and first film from Steve Jobs' newly formed company, Pixar. The success of Luxo Jr. is... Oh. Sorry. Sorry. I am so sorry about that. That's okay. You're a popular internet celebrity, Sophie. <laughs> no, so that was tell a... us about Luxo Jr. Yes. The success is what did what? What did it lead to? The success of Luxo Jr. will be followed by a series of shorts, Red Dreams, Red's Dream, Tin Toy, and Knickknack, in which the Pixar artists explore and develop their medium, such as Disney much as Disney had used the Silly Symphonies as stepping stones to Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Today, nice. Luxo is the small hopping desk lamp included in Disney's corporate logo. Luxo Jr. will be re-released in 1999 along with Toy Story 2. Nice. That's a good one, Sophie. Mm-hmm. So, and then what two, is your other thing? In 2002, the Orlando Rays, the classic double-A affiliate of the Major League Baseball's Tampa Bay Devil Rays, take on the Carolina Mudcats for the first of a four-game <laughs> series at Disney's Wide World of Sports Complex in Florida. Yep. And that's why it applies to us, because we are in North Carolina, and although we don't have a major league baseball, we do have the Carolina Mudcats. That's right, and we've been to a Mudcats game, and mm-hmm. we met Aunt Ann and Uncle Jerry there. Yep. And, um, and it's so funny that they're down there. And um, the Wide World Sports Complex now, Sophie, just finished up. Um, the remember the MLS soccer is back tournament mm-hmm. that we talked about that just finished, I think last week. So, so they just finished that that tournament, and that's kind of cool that um that the Wide World of Sports Complex is still doing so much all these years later, and um and um. What was I going to say? Oh, it used to be that the Y World Sports Complex also was the spring training home for the Atlanta Braves, which was a major league baseball team. I don't know that they're still there or not. Um, but anyway, so that's cool that that they that they competed against the Mudcats. I love it. That's awesome. Now it doesn't say which team won that game, but but that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So, I'm going to put my glasses on because it's time for our Disney Who's Who character. And I've got a really cool one, Sophie. And I and the reason I picked it because it kind of goes along with my quote, my Walt Disney quote, and both of them kind of tie in to Epcot somewhat. Um, the character is not really an Epcot character. It's a movie character. 
And it's thought of more hmm. along the lines with Tomorrowland. Hmm. But it still, I think, is really cool and kind of applies. So, you want to give me a guess as to the movie that I'm referring to? It applies to Tomorrowland. And it's not Tomorrowland, the movie. <laughs> no, no, this is about... <laughs> I think this is all about the animated Disney characters. Um, yeah. Is it 2D or 3D animation? Um, I think it was 2D. I'm going to go with Stitch. No. Yeah, I don't know. I heard Tomorrowland and thought Stitch is Great Escape, so. Yeah, not Stitch. Um, mm. The movie is Meet the Robinsons. Oh! And the character is Wilbur Robinson. Okay, Daddy, that's 3D animation. Is it 3D? Yeah. Okay, well, I think of it as 2D. You need to ask me different questions then. Sorry. Because I didn't think we wore glasses when we saw it. Well, no, that's not. It's 3D because. <laughs> Shows what I know, people. <laughs> not much. <laughs> 2D animation is like paper drawings. You know Cinderella? Okay. That's 2D animation. Meet the Robinsons is 3D animation because it incorporates the use of 3D shapes, like spheres and cubes versus circles and squares. Oh, okay. Well, then you got me on that. So, anyway, Wilbur Robinson. He is a mysterious boy from the future who claims to be a time continuum task force officer. In reality, Wilbur is Lewis's future son. Wilbur's greatest flaws, inflated self-confidence and a cocky attitude are also his greatest assets. They allow Wilbur to stay one step ahead of his enemies. Although Wilbur knows who Lewis is, he is careful to keep the truth from Lewis. After all, the future rests on Lewis, and Wilbur is determined to set its course straight. And I have one really big, kind of cool, did you know? What? Did you know that searching for a description of someone who looks the opposite of his father, Wilbur tells Lewis that his father looks like Tom Selleck. In reality, Tom Selleck is the voice actor who plays Wilbur's father. <laughs> <laughs> and to me, that is cool. That is very cool. So... So that is our who's who character for today, Wilbur Robinson. And, you know, Lewis Robinson, maybe we'll talk about Lewis later on, but not today. And that leads me to our Walt Disney quote, um, because the topic from our book is on enlightenment, exploration, and experimentation. And that to me, says Epcot. 
even if it's more talking about future world than world showcase. But anyway, for Walt Disney's quote, he says, I'm just very curious. I've got to find out what makes things tick. And I've always liked working with my hands. My father was a carpenter. I even apprenticed to my own machine shop here and learned the trade. Since my outlook and attitudes are ingrained throughout our organization, all our people have this curiosity. It keeps us moving forward, exploring, experimenting, opening new doors. And that, to me, is what Epcot is all about. You know? I love it. So that is our Walt Disney quote for today. And that wraps up this week's um, On the Road with Mickey. And mm-hmm. I hope you all have enjoyed it. And I hope that it's it's wet your whistle a little bit for what it's going to be like going to Walt Disney World. And you know what? Um, even if you can't make it to World Showcase, go on Future to YouTube. World is great. Yeah, but go to YouTube. Look up. There's all sorts of walking tours of mm-hmm. World Showcase and Future World and ride videos and things like that. So if you need your Dizzy fix, that might be a way to get it. You know, we talked about that previously, too. But um, I'm going to close this out by saying that On the Road with Mickey is sponsored by Pixie Vacations by Mike Ellis and Tech Solutions NC. If you have any computing or travel needs, reach out to them. Tech Solutions is found at techsolutionsnc.com or on Facebook. And you can reach Mike for travel needs at Mike at pixievacations.com or on Facebook at Pixie Vacations by Mike Ellis. Well, Sophie, as always, thank you for joining us. And thanks for being my co-host on all these chapters of our Walt Disney and On the Road with Mickey series. Of course. And, um, and we will... See you on the road. See you on the road. <laughs>